We are talking about divine healing and how we can have the faith of God in order to receive God's plan for our lives with this divine healing. And the agent of this that brings the healing is the Holy Spirit based on the Word of God. Because the Word of God says in Isaiah 10.27 the yoke should be destroyed because of the anointing. The yoke should be destroyed because of the anointing. In the in Spanish it says, If you will put a causa la unción, it should rot away. It should not just be broken, but it's utterly destroyed. And that's what the anointing of the Holy Spirit does. So it's very important that we get acquainted, not only with the Word of God, but with the Spirit of God, that quickens the Word of God, that we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that baptizes us and fills us up so we can be witnesses, also heals our body when we exercise faith in the Word of God. Jesus asked the question through His servant in Acts 19.2, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? This is God's question. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? If you have not, you must do so. It's a command of the Lord. Surely this not can be termed a unfair question to a Christian. That question that God asks, Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Paul asked this question by the Spirit of God in the name of Jesus of a group of twelve believers at Ephesus. This baptism of the Holy Spirit is an experience that every Christian should have. Not only because God commands it, which is the main reason, but because we also need, in order to live as Christians, we need this helper, the Holy Spirit. We need Him. We need a power, not just head knowledge, energy, the energy of God, a holy energy of God, that we may be ready to receive power to work and to witness for the Lord. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall become witnesses. Now when we read about the early church, we see that every member was filled with the Holy Spirit. All Christian individuals and groups spoken of through the New Testament were baptized with the Holy Ghost. And it was a separate, different experience from conversion, coming after conversion. We can read in Acts 1-4, Jesus saying, And he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Luke 24.49 And behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but tear ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. So this was the command instruction that God gave through Jesus. Jesus, of course, is God. He is the reflection of the Father, the Son of the living God, the firstborn. So this is not only a commandment to a few people in the early church, but this is something that after Peter had received it, he was able to preach a sermon saying, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, 
and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. He spoke by the Spirit of God after he was endued with power from on high, before he denied Christ three times. And he repented from that when Jesus came to him. But after he had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he was able to preach that this is the will of God. Be converted. Be baptized. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Some people consider the baptism of the Holy Spirit a privilege instead of a direct command. It is, however, a command. We can see that when we look at Ephesians 5, 18. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Be not drunk with wine wherein is riotous living, but be filled with the Spirit. So this is a command that we must obey. It's God's command. It's to us who come into the light of God's truth We are expected to walk in that light. If we don't look in this light, if we don't walk in this light, what happens? We will have condemnation. We open the door for the devil to bring condemnation into our lives. John 3.19 we read, And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love the darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. If we have the light of God in our hearts, that light will drive out the darkness. We will not have condemnation. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of light. And we need the Spirit in order to receive from God. Because the Spirit of God is the very agent based on the Word of God that brings healing and brings deliverance to His people. Many people today are living more or less under condemnation because they have not made a consecration of full obedience that they might receive this glorious experience, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, We can read in Acts 5, verse 32, it says, Have ye received the Holy Ghost? It is plain from Acts 5.32 that those who have been obedient have received the Holy Ghost. So the question is, have you received the Holy Ghost? And we are witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey Him. See? The obedience to God is to receive the Holy Spirit. It is for those that obey Him. It's not for disobedience. It's for obedience. Then, if we have been filled with the Holy Ghost, it's evident from this verse that we have believed, but if we have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we have not believed and we have not obeyed. Disobedience is a sin. Sin brings condemnation. Condemnation destroys faith. I know it's not, it's not preached a lot today, but it's nevertheless Bible. Now, if we look in John fifteen seven, it says, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. We must abide in Christ, because He is the source of our healing. He is the source of our blessing. One must abide in Christ, 
before he is in position to exercise real faith, before we can receive the faith that God gives. God is not give faith to people who do not abide in Him. If He did, anyone, even the drunkard, the harlot, the thief, the murderer, the enemies of the kingdom of God, could be able to have and exercise faith and receive from God anything they would ask. But since the blessing, the blessings of God and the blessing of healing and the blessing of the Holy Spirit are for those who serve God and put Him first in their lives, one must abide in Christ before faith can actually be exercised. So if we abide in Christ's faith, the faith that God gives is automatic many times. Because we abide, you cannot abide in Christ without abiding in His Word. And if we abide in His Word, we hear His Word. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. 1 John 2.6 We can see a Bible definition of what it means to abide in Christ. It says, and I read, He that saith he abideth in him, ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. You know, the Bible has called us to be mimics of Christ. Paul says, By the Spirit, be ye mimics of me, even as I am a mimic. We look at the Greek, it says, a mimic, an imitator of Christ. If you're familiar with acting at all, you know about miming. Now, that means to imitate. And that's what we are to do. We are to imitate and mimic Jesus in our lives. In this verse, it's quite plain that if we profess to abide in Christ, we should be walking as He walked. And if we are not walking as Christ walked, we are not abiding in Him. If we are not mimicking Him, we are not abiding in Him. It's no wonder we don't have the faith of God, if that's the case. Sin and disobedience has destroyed faith. We cannot have real faith until we begin to abide in Christ and walk as Christ walked and pray as Christ prayed and a, a fellowship with the Father as Christ fellowshiped with the Father. This is only possible by the Holy Spirit, by the command God has given us. So in order to uh, receive the blessing, we have to abide in the blessing. We have to abide in the Word by faith. And we have to walk as Christ walked. We have to obey the Word of God. That can only be done by faith through the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Peter 2, 21. Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow His steps who did no sin. See we are not just to receive healing so we can live our selfish lives. We are receiving healing so we can fulfill the kingdom call to preach the gospel to all nations so we can be witnesses. Christ did not live in habitual sin. He never sinned. He was made sin so that we could be made righteous. His righteousness is ours by faith. He resisted sin. He resisted the devil and temptation. And the word says in Hebrews 4.15, He was tempted at all points like as we. He was tempted in everything. So temptation is not a sin. He was tempted in every single area that a human being can be tempted, yet without sin. He is our example. He resisted sin. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. 
And he is standing ready to help us to walk as he walked in his steps. How will he do that? By his Spirit. The Spirit of Christ. The Holy Spirit that's been given to us. And if we abide in him, what happens? If you abide in him, 1 John 3, 6 says, Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. So sin and faith do not go together. Sin destroys faith. To receive and have the faith of God, we have to resist sin. We have to resist temptation. Some people think that it's permissible to sin once in a while. But the Word of God teaches that we should live free from sin. The Bible says, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. So when we walk in the light, the blood, His blood, brings us into a position of fellowship with our brethren, and brings us into a position of perpetual cleansing. Even as the blood in your physical body cleanses your body from within, so the blood of Jesus cleanseth us when we walk in the light, when we walk in the spirit of light, when we walk in holiness. Without holiness, we cannot have faith. If people could have faith without holiness, then people who never have seen God could have anything they desire from God. For God guarantees to those who have faith Whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Hebrew twelve fourteen it says, Follow peace. Go on a little bit and it says, And holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Without holiness, we will not see God. And without seeing the Lord, we will not have faith. Because according to Hebrews 12, 1, He is the author and the finisher of our faith. The children of Israel were disobedient and snakes came into the camp and the people were suffering, the people were dying and Moses went to the Lord, Jehovah, and God said erect a pole and make a brazen serpent and whosoever looks unto the serpent shall be healed. That's a type of Christ on the cross. He became sin. In the eyes of God he was like a serpent, like sin. But when we look unto Him, that sin has been absorbed by Him. And even as the children of Israel looked to the brazen serpent, they were healed. They were not asked to look to the source, to the sin. They were not asked to look to the devil, the snakes. No, they were asked to look to this brazen serpent. He the one that was made sin. And they were healed. Hallelujah. The same thing today. Holiness comes. Because without holiness it is impossible to please God. First Peter 1.16 says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. It's possible to live in holiness. First Corinthians 15.34 says, Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. Uh, speak this to your shame. The knowledge of God is the light of God and through the light of God we know that we can walk in holiness. We can walk in freedom from sin. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So renounce sin. Renounce the devil. Hallelujah. 
renounce the power of sin. You don't sin does no, not have any power over us. So don't try to put it on God. Don't try to put it on circumstance, anybody else. No, we are free from the power of sin. And we see how the connection between sin and sickness in the Word of God and the ministry of Jesus. If we look in John 5.14, it says, Jesus here has healed a man, and after he found him in the temple, he said to him, Behold, thou art made whole. Now it was his admonition to this man. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon thee. See the connection between sin and sickness, even between sin and lack of faith. People complain sometimes they lose their healing. Well, step back into faith, step back into the anointing. Refuse to sin, refuse to doubt, and you remain in health, maintain your healing. Let's look at John 8, 11. Jesus speaking to the woman of Samaria. Go and sin no more. See, it's possible to quit sin. The power of sin has been broken. 1 John 2, 1 says, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. We have power over sin. Romans 6, 1 and 2. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Don't allow sin to rule your life because it will rob you of your faith and it will rob you of your healing. Renounce it. Walk in the light. Walk in forgiveness. Forgive others and allow God to forgive you and the blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all sin and you will have faith to believe for the faith of God and walk in divine healing. Hallelujah. Amen.